Welcome to Create Wealth Through Franchising. I'm your host, Kim Daly. Whether you're a CEO, a military vet, a real estate investor, or simply in career transition and ready to take ownership of your future, with each episode, you're going to learn valuable insights and hear inspiring stories from within the franchise industry. On that note, my guest stories are their own. And as a franchise consultant, I do not make personal brand endorsements or earnings claims, but I do educate, motivate, and inspire dreams. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Kim Daily TV. Our special guest with us today, his name is Nick Daniels. He is a franchisee of a company called M14 Hoops. Nick, welcome to Kim Daily TV. Thank you. How are you doing today, Kim? I'm so excited to have you here because these little businesses that come from left field sometimes can be the biggest stone cold money makers that we get to show in franchising. And I feel like with M14 Hoops, we are going to go on a massive run. You're relatively new to my inventory. And so I'm just kind of sending my first few candidates through the process and my first time getting to meet you. But I have no doubt just based on my experience in 20 years of being in franchise consulting that this type of business is the type of business that many of my followers who are listening to this interview are going to really lean into. So before we talk about M14 Hoops, Nick, why don't you tell my followers a little bit about your background as an athlete and how you got involved in M14? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I played college basketball in Fort Wayne, Indiana at uh, IPFW. It's now known as PFW for a gentleman named um, Dane Fife. He's an Indiana legend. Uh, I started working with M14 in 2010 in a part-time role when the company was in its infant stages. From there, as the company started to grow, so did my role. I accepted a full-time position in, in 2014 with M14. And in two short years, I went from being a court leader to the director of programs. Then in 2016, I got an opportunity to become a partner and run my own location in Indy. For me, when that opportunity presented itself, there was there was no, no doubt in my mind or my wife's mind that we were going to do it. At the time, I had watched M14 go from 30 clients to 300 clients, and we fully believed in the system of development and the business plan around it and the good stuff that Matt was doing. So that's kind of my history with M14. I love it. So one thing you left out, which you told me before, was that you were on your way to play ball in Europe, correct? Like overseas, yes. mm -hmm. but you had a baby and the contract just didn't you know, allow for you to go. So that's when you kind of leaned into M14. So as like a high level elite professional basketball player, what are the characteristics of this programming that had you leaning in and now part of it for what, almost a decade? Yeah. So that's a really good question. So, you know, M14 is everything you would have ever wanted as a basketball player, right? And that's what we hear all the time. We hire new employees that just finished playing college ball or playing professionally. Like, man, I'm learning so much. I wish I would have had this when I was growing up. So, you know, just from not only teaching the skills, but the life lessons that go along with it, dedication, commitment, sacrifice, those type of things, man, it's, it, it's, it's hard not to gravitate towards it and, and really want to be a part of it. 
Okay, I love it. I love it. So this is a non brick and mortar business. You know, if you follow Kim Daly out there, you know that I am the queen of the low investment, high margin, and I love reoccurring service like based businesses and M14 definitely fits into those characteristics. So how does this business operate if you don't own a court? Uh, so through a rental model. So the good thing about it is not having a brick and mortar, like anytime we're out doing business or we're, we're making money. Right. So that's the beautiful thing about it. Right. So versus, you know, owning a facility or having one where, you know, whether you have a kid on the court or not, man, that, that facility is costing you some money. So it's really nice. And, you know, we have our programming is structured to fit the basketball calendar. So in most basketball facilities, we serve as like a vacuum where we vacuum, we'll vacuum up all that extra time that they don't use. So it's normally a match made in heaven. So that's a really good point because the first few people that I have presented M14 to have sort of stumbled over their own objection of, oh, I, I know that, you know, basketball programming in my area is very competitive and there's gonna not going to be any court time. Like if someone said that to you, what, what, what would you say to them? Well, we've been able to build a, a million dollar business here in Indy. And if you are not familiar with Indianapolis or Indiana in general, this is basketball country. Like they do basketball year around. There's no shortage of teams, facilities, basketball programs, leagues here in Indy to put everything in context. So I have a second grader. So last year was his first year playing on a team and I was his coach at first grade. And it was his first year playing in, in game situations, right? On a team, eight of our nine players had already played two or three seasons in first grade, right? Which is mind boggling. <laughs> but if you think about it in Indiana, you know, they play year round. It never stops. So uh, my answer to that is, is we fit right into to the basketball count. Again, like we're, we're, we're that vacuum. So, you know, we right now we use two basketball facilities that run year round leagues and, and teams and our schedules fit perfectly together. I'll of like two weeks out of the year that we we make work. Hey, Daily Coach fans. If you're loving this episode, please do me a quick favor and leave me a five-star rating and a short review. Your feedback fuels my growth and rankings and shows others that this podcast is valuable. Now, back to the show. Yeah. And those facilities, they probably love the additional revenue coming in, right? I mean, you're, you're bringing in the kids, you're bringing in, you're bringing opportunity to their court with or without the program, right? Like, and you're paying them for that time. So it's a win-win for both sides. So anybody who may like initially have that objection, of course, if you're working with me, I'm going to coach you through it, right? Because, right. you know, look, when you first come to the idea of owning a business, everybody has what I call head trash. We all kind of jumped to like, we knew nothing about it. And, you know, a week later, we're experts. And a lot of what we believe is not actually true. Right. And that's why I, in fact, have a business, I believe, is to help you through those sticking points that are challenges in your mind. But if you're able to turn them into questions that you can direct into the process, you'll find that what you thought was an objection may actually be a benefit to the program or may not even be an objection once you start validating it with franchisees in the system. So, okay, so you built this awesome business. Can you tell us a little bit about about the structure, like for somebody who has a full-time job, who's a sports guy, who loves the, maybe he's coached his own kids or gal, could be a woman who grew up, you know, playing sports as well. Love the idea of being involved in youth sports and giving back in the community. I think that feels good to a lot of people. And I also think that it's not a hard sell. Like as a, as a mom, myself of two athletes, uh, you know, I think youth sports are sort of like 
recession resistant because we're not going to stop spending money on our kids, right? So you have that going for you. But so for the owner who's thinking about like, I have a W-2, I'd really like to expand and increase, you know, build a cash flowing asset. I love the idea of being involved in sports, but like, am I going to be now busy at on nights and weekends? Like, how does this business model fit in as an owner to an already active, busy lifestyle of someone who might be attracted to it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So obviously they would hire a head trainer or a director of basketball operations that's going to you know, fill most of that evening time, the, st- the on the court stuff. Right. So as an owner, you're more working on the business versus working in the business. Right. Where you're trying to you're working on the marketing side, you you know, everything that the admin, everything that you would have to do from an ownership standpoint can be done any time of the day. Right. Whenever you have some free time. So it's not one of those things where it has to be done between six and nine p.m. Right. It just right. Hey, here's the deadline to be done by this date. You have a little bit of free time. You can do that. So that's the beautiful thing about it. And really the success is in hiring a really good head trainer slash director of basketball operations who can really run your business. And that's how you started, correct? Correct. I was an owner operator. I was, I was, I played both roles, which, you know, the owner side was new to me. The operator, I had everything that I had to do as an operator. I was already doing that in Chicagoland as a director of programs. So now how hard is it then to find that head? So is this, and is this person, how hard is it to find the person? And is this person like a former D1 basketball player necessarily? Really good question. So number one, I would say when we first started, for me, when I first came down to Indy, because I got dropped in the middle of nowhere, I knew no one here, right? Uh, it was it was challenging, right? Because I didn't know anybody. So I had to quickly get myself established in the basketball community and find out who were the, you know, who who's who here in Indy right. uh, so that we could, we could find a, a head trainer. But now, you know, fast forward eight years later, the youth basketball and just training in general has, that industry has grown so much and it's become a legit career path for for former athletes. So finding guys who play division one basketball, pro basketball is really not that hard. It it becomes like, hey, now we got to pick between these really good candidates. Right. (laughs) And when it comes down to what the requirements are, we need somebody that played college basketball or something equivalent. And what I mean by equivalent, if you're a college basketball coach, but you didn't play college basketball, well, that's equivalent to having played college basketball. Yeah. In some cases, that might be better. So you have to have the skills, knowledge, but also be of that coaching mentality right? Because there's more to this programming than just the skills programming, right? There's character development and athlete, like whole person development, correct? Correct. Correct. So yeah, you got to, you got to obviously have a a strong baseline of knowledge of basketball because I mean, we are so structured and we are teaching basketball here, right? So (laughs) uh, for somebody who has you know, played at a college level, we know that you've been exposed and you've been taught a certain level of, of basketball and it'll resonate with you and you'll be able to clearly communicate that to the to the players and the, and the staff that you might hire. I mean, it feels like a dream job in, in many ways for like a post-collegiate athlete, right? Who's like home from college with a lot of, you know, bills and is like, gosh, I, I miss playing my sport. I'd, I'd love to give back. I'd love to do something, but doesn't know how to like break into that. And then all of a sudden you run across an ad or you meet somebody who's like, hey, we're trying to hire like, you know, you. Yeah. It seems like it would be a dream job. So yeah, and and a fun job at that. I mean, your your ability to like touch so many lives in your community and meet so many kids and parents, right? Like what what a great opportunity. 
It is. And it's funny that you bring that up because obviously when I first started, I was the owner operator and I'm moving more to that owner role. But it's so hard to stay off the court because I really, truly love what I do. And it is so fun working with the kids. And it doesn't matter what level, beginner to advanced, as long as they're committed and they're serious. And what we define by serious is, is it isn't talent level, it's commitment, it's sacrifice, it's dedication. Are you willing to work hard? Are you going to trust us? That's all I need from a player. And like I said, then it's so fun. So being able to watch a kid go from from can't to can, and then from can to being confident and doing it in the game, there's, there's no greater feeling. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, look, the vast majority of us parents who are paying for our kids to play sports, we don't have any grand illusions, right? That they're, I mean, right. I don't anyway, <laughs> you know, that like that my kids are going to go on and play like some professional sport, but that doesn't stop me from paying and encouraging them and wanting them to have great coaches who are developing that tenacity and that competitive drive in them and that, you know, the attitude on the field or on the court or and off the court. My kids play soccer. So on the field, you know, like when things aren't going their way or they feel the ref made a bad call, you know, and like our new coach right now is like really good about swearing and things like that, that like make, he benches them, you know, he's just like, you got to have a good attitude even when it doesn't go your way. And look, I mean, for life skill, right? (laughs) I try to translate that to, hey, so you got a job and you got a boss who makes a call that, you know, it's not in your favor or doesn't, you don't like, and you got to have a good attitude about it. So like, I, I think the applicable of what we're taking, you know, from the court or from the sport into real life is as important. And I think that most people who look at a business like this see that not just the love of the game, but like the the culture and, and like the whole person development that you're bringing out in the athlete. Yeah. So, okay, so it's a low investment. So you have your head trainer. Do you have any other, do you have like other trainer, other coaches who are then like take different teams? Because you, you run different camps, clinics and academies, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we offer camps, clinics, and academies. Obviously, the head trainer. So think about it like a head coach and assistant coaches. So once you get your head trainer, then you got to find some assistance, right? Because we want to make sure that we're offering that quality, right? And, and one way we do that is through our player-to-coach ratio, right? We want to have a 10-to-1 player-to-coach ratio. So once you get over that 10 players, now you need to have another trainer out there. So that's where the junior trainer will come and play. And sometimes it doesn't even go all the way to the 10. It could be from a skill standpoint. I might have 10 players, right? And I got two different skill levels here. Well, in order to make this super beneficial and, and the best for every player that's there, then I'm going to need another trainer so I can split these groups up so that we can push them. What we say is, is we want everybody challenged, but not overwhelmed, right? And that's that's super important. You don't want that super advanced kid bored because this kid is newer to basketball and skill development. They need that, you know, that they need a slower pace, yeah. if you will. So we got to make sure that we separate them so that we're meeting both players okay. uh, where they're at and, and helping them get where they're trying to go. So start with your head trainer and then you got to have a junior trainer under that and keep growing from there. Yep. And so what kind of hours are owners putting in like to get the business started? And then over time, does that shift? Are they able to decrease that time? Yeah. So uh, just like anything, man, you get out what you put in, right? So <laughs> you want to build a big business, you have to put in some hours. But the good thing, like I said, from an ownership standpoint, it isn't one of those things where it has to be done between nine and five. Like there's just some deadlines on when stuff has to be done. And as you grow and your head trainer becomes more accustomed to the M14 way and how things need to go, and, you know, you can start to delegate or start handing some of those tasks off to to that head trainer, which will give you back some, some, some of your time. Yeah, it is listed for those listening as a 
semi-absentee opportunity. So by definition, you know, Kim Daly will say semi-absentee means about 20 to 25 hours a week by the owner with a full-time general manager. And that's that definition, though, has much variance to it based on your leadership skill, based on your business acumen, based on the learning curve yeah. that you personally need to go through in order to feel competent to run your business. But by Webster definition, I think in franchising, that's probably the general rule. Okay, so you ramp this business now with the athletes. Do they come into the program, graduate, and then they're done? Or do they love what they're doing and such that they start coming back year over year? Yeah, so we have a it's six to seven year life expectancy. Generally, kids start with us in fourth grade and they'll go with us through high school. Once you get to high school, there are some things that are going to come into play that we have no control over, right? There's less spots on the team. It can become super competitive. Some kids, they lose interest in basketball. Maybe they don't want to play anymore. But, you know, for our players that have been fortunate enough to, to earn scholarships and offers to be able to play at the collegiate level, they still train with us. I tell the story all the time on our validation calls. I, you know, on our first, my first day here in Indy, I my first client, right? And I still train him today. He's a college athlete. He's a junior in, in college. He plays at Florida A&M and we still train him today. So I think that's really cool that we have something for all ages, all skill levels, and the kids really believe and trust in us that much that when, you know, no matter how high they go, they still look for M14 to, to help them take those next steps in their development. Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're ready to begin your own journey to find the perfect franchise, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My services are totally free for you. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. Now back to the show. That's really an incredible statistic. Like, I had no idea you were going to say that six to seven year lifespan. I mean, like, who doesn't want that as a business owner, right? Like, I think that just busted through a bunch of limiting beliefs that people listening probably had. I mean, Nick, this is this is such a great um, interview. And you're you're so I love like you're just everything you're saying about this business. So for those people who are listening, like if you as, as a, you know, now an owner, you built a seven figure business and what advice do you have for somebody who's listening on the sideline, on the bench, listening to the interview, like thinking, I think I'm ready to invest in a business, but uh, you know, I don't know if this one is it. Like, is there any characteristic in a person that you'd say, oh, if you want to be an M14 franchisee, you need to be like this? Well, I think all of them, if you're at that level where you can invest in, and you're looking at purchasing a franchise, you've probably been pretty successful in something that you did in life. So that in itself right there is the characteristic that you need. Awesome. Uh, my advice or my thing is, is man, we're taking over, right? And you are. Very quickly, <laughs> we are going to be the standard or we're going to be the, the, the name that people use when you think of a skill development in basketball. I really, truly believe that not only because, you know, of the hard work that we put in, but man, this system of development works. You know, people try to put me on this pedal stool because I was, you know, I'm one of Matt's first employees and we've had a lot of success. But honestly, man, all I did was follow the blueprint, right? I never wanted to do anything different. I saw the success we had in Illinois. I wanted that same success here in Indy and is a super competitive market, but I stuck to the script and it worked out. And, you know, we've been able to impact a ton of kids' lives here. Not only kids, but some adults too, man. Some of the guys that we have working for us, we talked about it earlier. 
who finished playing college basketball or to stay in, in basketball, this was a great avenue for him. So, you know, it's this is a good business to, to get involved in. And like I said, if you have the means to be able to invest in something like this, then you've probably been pretty successful. So that's all you need. That's amazing. You know what I love most is like, you know, people are going to think like, you know, too competitive. And like you said, like, I didn't really know. I'm, I mean, I'm a girl. I didn't know that like, you know, Indiana was what it was for basketball. Like people are like, don't you know the Hoosiers? I'm like, oh, and now that you say that, yes. But so like, I think that Matt probably like he went where the competition was, but also because that's where the market is, right? So for anybody out there who may be, again, tripping over my market saturated, if you're in a Dallas or in Atlanta or one of these bigger markets, right, where there's all kinds of extra curricular for sport, you know, sports for kids. And you think there's no opportunity. I think that you should not limit yourself if you're inspired by this interview, because I think that our new friend Nick here could teach you a thing or two. And I think that you could learn that there is a place to compete in every market. I really appreciate you sharing your insights and being a guest today on Kim Daily TV. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nick. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And as he said, this business is taking over. They are awarding territories like I have haven't seen for a lot of brands for a long time. It's really exciting to see, but it comes back to those characteristics that I mentioned. I mean, who out there doesn't want a business with a low investment, a high retention rate? Did you hear them? Six to seven years, right? Where you have a small team of people. It's a passionate play. You're doing good while making money. You're giving back to the community. If you're a sports fan, I mean, what better way to accomplish, you know, a business ownership dream and combine it with a passion or a hobby and bring it together? So if this is something that inspires you, please follow the email on the screen right now or reach directly out to inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. And until next time, my name is Kim Daly and I want to be your daily coach. You can find more content just like this on my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. And if you're inspired to take the next step to explore franchises matched to you, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. 